0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: If you purchase supplies for a small to mid-sized business, Zoro.com. Z-O-R-O.com is your go-to resource. At Zorro, you'll find all the things that keep a business running, no matter what kind of business you're in. Zorro offers tools, safety equipment, cleaning, maintenance supplies, office and shipping, automotive, industrial equipment, and more, including the specialty items you can't find anywhere else. Whether you're shopping for an office, a factory, a contracting business, a machine shop, a sports talk radio show, you can get exactly what you need. And when you shop at Zorro, you'll find brands that you already know and trust, like 3M, Preston, Stanley Black & Decker, Schneider Electronic Rubbermaid, all at competitive prices. And if you want fast, free shipping, it's yours when you spend $50 or more. And if you have a question, a return, or need help finding exactly the right item, count on Zoro's customer service team based right here in the United States. Visit Zoro.com slash Dan. That's Z-O-R-O.com slash Dan. And sign up for Z-Mail and get 15% off your first order. Zoro.com, all you need to make your business go.
0: Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, a very handsome vehicle, this is Dan Patrick.
2: I uh, hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Boys are here ready to go, and you can be part of the program, as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like, you can email, you can tweet, you can call, you can do all of that, But uh, and you can watch if you'd like. You can watch on Audience Channel 239 Direct TV, and also BR Live. Say good morning to uh, our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering 362 cities. The XFL's 2020 debut, certainly a lot different than the original back in 2001. Back then, the league was all glitz. You had wild cheerleaders, names on the back of jerseys like he hate me. This weekend, there was none of that. It was just basically football, nothing spectacular, some clever rule changes, Some cool TV elements like players and coaches and officials being mic'd up like never before. The first weekend seemed like a success. You know, now it's about sustainability because we're curious. As sports fans, we'll give it a look. And now you're going to find out just how much of an impact you had the next couple of weeks. The demand for football is obviously strong. You look at the NFL ratings, no matter what the matchup was, you had good numbers. Unlike the last time the XFL did everything it could to position itself as the next level below and they have some advantages that last year's American Alliance of Football didn't have. You got broadcast partners here, ESPN and Fox. You got an owner with deep pockets in Vince McMahon. And Vince by the way, conspicuously absent this week and I think that was a great strategy. Keep him away from this so it doesn't seem like it's gimmicky. And WWE-ish. But is that going to be enough? We're going to find out in the next couple of weeks as the XFL tries to capture America's sports imagination. Now, this is different. And if you, part of the reason why the USFL is memorable is they went out and got some of the biggest names in sports. But here was the problem. They didn't have patience. Because if they had patience, I think you would have had a couple teams absorbed by the NFL. You had the New Jersey Generals. You had the L.A. Express. Remember the ABA? The ABA got stars. They signed some players. And they had some gimmicks. They had the red, white, and blue ball. They had the three-point shot. And then you had some teams that were so good, the NBA was going to absorb them. The Denver Nuggets. You had some talent there. If the XFL knows what it is and stays true to what it is, and you partner with the NFL to say, this is your feeder system. Now, I found it interesting that you had people going crazy, though, how great this was. Uh, This is basically the same players than the AAF. Because I I saw that on Twitter. The media keeps saying it. Oh, this is better than the AAF. Ignoring the fact that a lot of the same players are in the XFL. All this is is better coverage. You have professionals who are covering this. Now, they may do tongue-in-cheek a little bit. But they're still having good broadcast partners. And ESPN's showing highlights of all the games today. That's big. It's on Sports Center. That validates you. Sports Center's covering this? Well, they're doing it because they're partners. They're under orders to do this. But you go back to the USFL, Herschel Walker and Jim Kelly and Reggie White. I mean, this is different. This, is, this feels more like the NBA's G League to me. Like, if you really want to watch basketball, and I'll do a drive-by with the G League, because there's occasionally you'll, you know, stumble upon a game or you remember a player. All right. it could be a slow Tuesday night, and I'll, you know, see who's playing in the G League. But you don't have big names here. You're not watching necessarily to go, boy, I was always wondering whatever happened to that guy. But if the XFL knows who they are, You know, that time frame that fits right in before you got the combine coming up right after the Super Bowl. I'm not jonesing for football that much. I'm taking it. I'm I'm taking a breather here. Like, I I watched a little bit. I wanted to see where – I wanted to, you know, hear the technology, see the technology. That's what I'm curious about because that's what the NFL is curious about. The NFL wants to see what people are reacting to. Oh, the officials are mic'd up. We get to hear everything here. You got – Coaches and players and quarterbacks, you can hear them calling in plays. You know, okay, so it's interesting. But it's more the technology that I'm curious about. It's bringing the audience closer to the game. And gambling, it's right there in front of you. So get used to that because that's what it's going. The over-unders on the screen. The entire game, it's right there. So total transparency in what we're doing here. But you can bet, no pun intended, the NFL is looking at this going, oh, okay. Oh, people like that. All right, that's interesting. Okay, maybe we could try that. Maybe we can sample that. Maybe we could do a, you know, preseason game doing something like that. This is how it works. This is how the NFL adopted from the AFL. The NBA adopted from the ABA. This is what happens. I remember going to ABA games with the red, white, and blue ball. And it felt gimmicky. The three-point shot, was that was awesome. But they had talent there. So it's different. They absorbed some of those teams. The AFL and the NFL, they absorbed some of those teams. I don't think that's going to happen with the XFL. The only chance that was going to happen was the USFL because you had truly legitimate stars that people would tune in to watch. You don't have that with the XFL. And you know I had the one point, two point, three point conversion got rid of the uh, PATS. All right, that's fine. This is what the NFL. The kickoff is <laughs> the kickoff is a scrum. It's different, fun, but you know I, I watched a little bit of it. I'm curious to see how people react to it the next couple of weeks because you there's the curiosity factor. Now that the curiosity factor is over, will you tune in for the actual competition there? And that's what I'm curious about. All right, McLovin, you got a poll question for
3: me today? Yeah, we have a couple, uh, few XFL ones. Um, real quick, uh, which, NFL, which XFL adaptation would you want to take to the NFL first? Ones you just mentioned. Uh, one, two, three-point conversions. The new rule on the kickoff. Uh, transparency on reviews was well, well Oh, I like that, that one. one. And um, immediate sideline interviews was also people liked.
2: I mean, if you throw an interception and you come to the sidelines, I just can't imagine that uh, – throw out a name. Ben Roethlisberger is going to go, all right, ask your question. Everybody's going to go Greg Popovich on you. How
4: would you like that
3: assignment? You've done some sci oh, reporting. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> hey, Ben, you just cost your team with a pick six. Now, if I get to cover Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston, I'm all over that. Oh, geez. Hey, Jameis, come on back over. You just threw a touchdown pad, but then you just threw a pick six. You know? Give me the, the difference in emotions there that you're feeling. Uh, what else do you have, McLovin?
3: This is from Paulie, and I like this. Uh, Who would you most like to see on an XFL team? I'll give you these players. Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. Where's Colin Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick. Other, none of the above.
2: Why is Manziel not in the XFL?
3: I don't know. He was tweeting saying, hey, if this isn't meant to be, it's not meant to be. I don't know what that meant.
2: It just feels like there's, there's, uh, I don't know. An undercurrent here with Johnny Manziel that teams are staying away from. Him. That's that's my feeling with this. Uh, Kaepernick, they're going to stay away from that. Tebow, I think, wants to still try baseball, I'm, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. if I mean, would I be curious to watch Manziel or Kaepernick play? Or Tebow, for that matter. Yeah, I would. But how much do you have to pay them? Because most of these guys aren't getting paid a lot of money.
1: You know, the quarterbacking position. Yes, Seton. Manziel, uh, I don't know if you saw his, I think it was a tweet that he uh, wrote, but he said uh, that he doesn't want to play for another league that's going to fold midseason. <laughs> <laughs> that probably doesn't endear you to the NFL.
2: <laughs> Alrighty, lose it's, Johnny's number? He said comeback season is still on, just <laughs> not for a league that's going to fold. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this was brought up on this show, I don't know how long ago. But, Paulie, I remember we discussed this about could you separate the quarterbacking position from the salary cap? Separate pay, because, you know, the drain that you have once these guys get through their rookie deal, like Patrick Mahomes is going to make $40 million a year. Now all of a sudden you're going to have to disassemble your team. You're going to have to go on the cheap in some positions there. What if we just took the quarterback out of the salary cap? How interesting would that be? Because then you don't hurt these players. They still get their money. In fact, there's more money to go around. If I'm the players, now the owners aren't going to love this, but if I'm the players association, man, I'd be pushing for this big time. Because then I can pay Dak Prescott. I don't worry about that. All right, so I I pay him $5 million more. I'm Jerry Jones. I got the money. I can stabilize my team. I mean, he's been a bargain. Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, not even making a million dollars. And there was a report, it might have been Jeremy Fowler on ESPN, if I have that right, where the owners did consider this. But I don't know where they stand on that. But that would be really interesting. Yeah, McLevin.
3: Would you kill parity a little bit? Because the teams were the best quarterbacks then would never. I mean, we haven't had a repeat champion in 15 years. Because, yeah. like, the Saints got really good and they cap brought them down. Otherwise, the best five quarterbacks are going to be in the five spots. to play Because... That's the only thing that keeps the best quarterback from winning a Super Bowl every year. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, the it's, fact that they lose some of this talent.
3: Yeah, they have to, even out the league, you have to, like, water down the best quarterbacks a little bit. Otherwise, you'll have, it's going to be Mahomes every year, right? Which is okay.
2: Yeah, but then, then now all of a sudden it's on you as a team of how do we assemble our team. So we've taken the, I I get it, you know, that you have a five-year window with a rookie quarterback. And then after that, then you have to really, start to reassess what can you do with your quarterback and making that kind of money, and then what do we do the rest of our roster? But wouldn't that put everybody on a, a level playing field of, now let's see how smart the front offices are, how well you draft?
3: Yeah, but if you're stuck, say one team has Aaron Rodgers and you have, I don't want to say a bad quarterback. Uh, give me a bad quarterback. You mm-hmm. have uh, Mitch Trubisky. You have Mitch Trubisky. You're going to win two games for the next 10 years. I don't have to keep Mitchell Trubisky. I know, but you're always going to be, like, the the only thing that keeps Aaron Rodgers from being in the Final Four every year is the salary cap. Like, otherwise, I'm just saying the league will be so quarterback-heavy, even more quarterback-heavy. It's like, if you have a good quarterback, you're going to win. If not, you have no chance. Yeah, but we've already separated the quarterback.
2: Like, it's a quarterback-driven league. Let's not kid anybody here. But I would like to know what you would do, how long you would keep a quarterback, but, you know, not – not every team is great. Some teams are, are are good because they have money to spend, or they don't care about the salary cap. You know, a lot of them, uh, you know, have fiscal sanity. Some are just downright cheap. Yeah, Paul.
4: Let's say the other players on the roster had their salary cap, and the player for the quarterback position, the salary uh, cap was forty million dollars. So you could spend that forty million any way you want. You could spend thirty-nine million on Aaron Rodgers and one million on your backup, or twenty-seven million on your starter and had the highest end backup at 13 million a year. You could st- stagger it all over the place and you could have a strategy with the quarterback position that would be it would really change how the offseason is because when we talk about the offseason all we really talk about is quarterbacks changing teams. Yeah. But you could imagine this with the Eagles
2: that they could have kept Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Probably if let's say you gave them 20 each just just for one year with Foles making the same, and then after that, Carson Wentz goes up to 30, Foles goes down to 10. But if you had a 40, let's say you had a $40 million salary cap for just quarterbacks. And then it would go up incrementally, but I think that would be interesting. And then I'd like to see what these other teams do. You know, how do you build a winner? How long do you stay with that quarterback? Yeah, Tom.
5: As important as the quarterback position is, would the Players Association embrace that? How does that affect the, the rest of the team as far as uh, who's getting what and possible bitterness, which may already exist when oh, the would, players are getting what they're getting?
2: Well, we're there. I mean, but
5: what, now you're enhancing it even more, saying, you know, you guys are the, the secondary group and we'll give the, the quarterback. If you're on a great no, there's team, more money. It's terrific.
2: No, I take this, the quarterback's salary out of the salary cap for the rest of the team. There's yeah. more money. And they already know the quarterback special. He's treated. We have rules for him. Now you just have a paycheck for him, like have a different colored paycheck that he gets every two weeks. But I, if I'm the players' association, I would love that. Separate the quarterbacks. Let them make their money, and uh, have more money to spend. If you want to add a 17, you know, uh, game schedule, yeah, add that extra game. All right, we got more money for you guys. I'd sign up for that if I'm the players. Uh, Let me see. The Mookie Betts deal is finally done. The odd part of this is Jock Peterson, a very talented outfielder, power hitter for the Dodgers, was traded to the Angels, and now that deal fell apart. So, (laughs) what's that like when Jock Peterson comes back? Did he ever leave to then come back from the Angels to the Dodgers? Did he clean out his locker yet? Did they give his number to anybody yet? And he's got to come back, and then spring training starts? Oh, my God. But the Mookie Betts deal is done, and uh, you know people have mixed opinions on this from the standpoint of, what are the Red Sox doing? You know, they made stupid moves, and that is the reason why they can't re-sign Mookie Betts. Because you went from a team offering him $300 million, what, last year or the year before, to now you don't want him? That's because they, they, they had some signings that really hurt them. So they made mistakes, and that's why they can't keep Mookie Betts. But the Dodgers, I felt like you needed pitching. Maybe they'll find pitching, uh, you know, at the trade deadline. But um, you get a great player. You get a great player in Mookie Betts. Uh, Somebody just tweeted, uh, how about a Larry Bird-like rule for quarterbacks where they can be signed and then you take over the salary cap without penalty? I mean, this is what we're talking about. You know, the, the Larry Bird rule where you can re-sign somebody. Yeah, right, McLovin?
3: That's perfect. Yeah. Like, when you describe it like that, that makes sense because you put a name on the superstar. It's perfect. Uh, did right. that work for Maybe, by the way? It did for a long time, right? Larry Bird rule, that kept Stars sense. in their towns. Yeah, I think so.
2: I mean, that's what, they were, that's what they were trying to do with that. This program is brought to you by True Car. When you're buying a car, the process can be overwhelming. Now there's a better way. But True Car, go to True Car and build your car. Compare models by options from discovery to pricing to reviews. Get everything you need with a new true car. Uh, what other poll questions, suggest? Okay.
3: We have some Oscars questions. Do you want me to save we'll those? save those. We'll you yeah. well, And then I also wanted to ask but the, X, the key XFL question. What are you watching next weekend? If you have a choice between college basketball heating up, mm. uh, it's NBA All-Star weekend. I'll give you the NBA All-Star event. Or XFL. You can only watch one.
2: Can you remember a college basketball season without a storyline? Because I was thinking about this where I think Baylor is still the number one team in the country. I think. But we've had how many. I don't know if this is a record for number one teams. You know, before we get to March Madness, the teams that have been ranked number one in the country. Or at different times. Uh, The North Carolina Duke game was fascinating. Uh, Bob Knight coming back to Assembly Hall. Um, I was sworn to secrecy on this. I did tell the Danettes that, you know, it was going to happen. But I was told, you, you, first of all, my source said, you know Bob and, and don't say it on the radio because you know Bob and Bob might not show up. And uh, I told these guys, I, I said, I think he's coming back uh, this game against Purdue. And wasn't Purdue the game where he threw the chair? Can you guys check on that? I think so. For some reason, I thought, oh, gosh, he's coming back for Purdue. But uh, I was sworn to secrecy that I I couldn't say it on the air, and I was glad to see him come back because you know that memorable exchange he had with me. Paulie, was it Purdue? Purdue in 85. Yeah. But that exchange he had with me a couple of years ago where he talked about he hoped that all the people were dying. And I, I said, look, you know, Coach, all the people who got rid of you are gone. A lot of them died and you know, coach followed up and basically say, I hope they all die. But he he went back and he got us, and I said, Look, this isn't about you, coach. I like how I am counseling Coach Knight. This isn't about you, it's about all of those fans, it's all of those players. Let them have closure. That's all. And and make it selfless. And he was making it selfish. Like I'm not gonna give Indiana anything. You didn't. You didn't give any anything for a long, long time. You were mad. I understood it to a certain degree. This is about those fans. This is about those players. And I'm glad he realized this. Or somebody around him helped him realize this.
4: Yeah, Paul. I know a couple guys who cover media there, and I, I emailed them on uh, Friday when I heard Bob Knight's coming back for the game. But nobody reported it as fact. It was like speculation, likely. And the one guy said back to me, he goes, I'm not reporting this till I see him on the property. Yeah. Until I see him in the building, then I'll report that he's coming back to the game because you do not know.
2: We'll take a break here. When we come back, McLovin has an Oscars poll question. Yes, indeed. All right. Take a break. It's uh, coming up on 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Come.
1: Glee. I'm Kevin McHale. And I'm Jenna Ashkowitz. We became best friends on the set of Glee. And now we're doing the Glee recap podcast you have been waiting for. How romantic. Each week we'll take you behind the scenes. Fill all the Glee tea. And break down episodes from season one with former cast, crew, producers, and writers that brought the show to life. I think everyone needs a little more tardy
0: in their lives. Get new episodes of Showman's every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast PodcastOne.com.
2: Last year, we celebrated our first graduating class of the Dan Patrick School of Sports Broadcasting at Full Sail University. Big accomplishment. Excited to help another group of students reach their goals. We created this accelerated bachelor's degree, and the program is sportscasting. Your degree is in sportscasting, in front of the camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio, great people on campus in Orlando. You can also take classes uh, uh, on the internet, on the web, Fullsale.edu slash Dan Patrick. And uh, you'll love what we've come up with. I uh, review students' tapes. I go there uh, quarterly, once every couple of months. I'm on campus there meeting with the students, but also uh, we uh, communicate with them online as well. Check it out. If this is what you're interested in doing, it's a, it's a different alternative to just regular college. Just to let you know, it's something different. But if you want to do this for a living, this is the job you want, the field you want to be in. Fullsale.edu slash Dan Patrick. I watched a lot of the uh, Oscars last night. I watched all the movies that were nominated. Really? Yes, I did. I did. And uh, I I didn't think there was a great movie in the bunch. I thought there were there were good movies in the bunch. I, I did like Parasite. I just don't know if people are going to go, now i got to watch Parasite. What is it about? Can you give like
4: a two sentence? I have no idea what this movie is about.
2: It would be called a satirical thriller. A lot of satire in here, and, uh, you you know, there's subtitles here, and people get squeamish about this. I don't want to go to a theater and read a book. Okay. Um, but it it's, it's really well done, and that won the best movie. I thought 1917 was going to win because it felt like that was a little bit more universally loved than Parasite. It felt like people in the business loved Parasite, and uh, maybe that's the case. I, I don't know if this is going to be – uh, a big boom at the uh, box office there. I thought it was really well done. I thought the best movie I saw this year was Jojo Rabbit. I just thought the premise of that, Scarlett Johansson was great. You know, but you're, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at Nazi Germany, uh, you know, through a different lens and having some, there's humor in this. And uh, I thought Scarlett Johansson was wonderful. Uh, It really, that movie was just interesting. It was just where you watch and you go, they're they're making this work. And I thought it was really well done. Uh, You know, Once Upon a Time, beautifully shot. I thought Brad Pitt deserved that Academy Award. I thought he was great. Uh, Renee Zellweger, uh, you know, I said that on the show when I came in after the weekend. I went and saw that with my wife, and I said she just won the Academy Award. I said it during the scene where I think she won the Academy Award. I whispered to my wife. She just won the Academy Award. And my wife goes, for what? I go, no, for that performance right there. And she goes, oh. And I go, yeah, she just won the Academy Award. It wasn't a great movie. I thought her performance was great. Laura Dern was wonderful um, in Marriage Story. So got a chance to watch a lot of these. And I don't know if there was something great that will go back five years from now and go, oh, that's right. That movie was great. And the Academy with what they recognize or who they recognize, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't spend a lot of time. Like, I'm not in it. I'm, I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild, but I don't sit there and get that invested where I'm angry or felt like somebody got robbed. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. I don't know if that Academy Award makes Joaquin Phoenix a better actor. I, I mean, he's, he's great. He
1: deserved it. Yes, there is a certain validation With getting it. You see that with not only Joaquin Phoenix, but Brad Pitt getting it. Like, yeah, that's right, I'm finally considered a good actor. But he didn't need that. Mm. I know you want it, but you either have
2: your opinion on Brad Pitt doesn't change because he got an Academy Award, I don't think. It doesn't with me. If he didn't win that, I'd go, he was great in that movie. Joaquin Phoenix was great in that movie, whether he was gonna win it or not. Once upon, Quentin Tarantino is still a great director, and he didn't win. Scorsese didn't win
4: last night, he's still a great director. Yeah, Paul. See, Brad Pitt had to get a little older to win this award, though. He was too good-looking. He had everything mm-hmm. when he was in his 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Now he's a little more like a normal guy-ish, and so he gets the award. Like, Paul Newman didn't win until he was in his 70s. He's too good-looking. He had too much going for him.
3: Yes, McLovin. Yeah, I mean, Paul Newman did win for his early the hustler, which is his masterwork and he won for color money. You need the Academy needs twenty years to catch up on cultural trends.
4: Yeah. No My favorite line of the night was by Chris Rock. He goes, I've had a Fer- I've had a Ford and I've had a Ferrari. It ain't close.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, you know, when you, they those two came out, I'm like, okay, how long are they going to stay out there? And I thought they squeezed off some pretty good lines. Some funny stuff there, yeah, Tom. There
5: was a Jeff Bezos Amazon shot that, yeah. Rock, that, that uh, he's divorced, and he's still the richest man in the world. Yeah. He thought *Marriage <laughs> Story* was a comedy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought Chris Rock was was uh, pretty good last night. I didn't get the Eminem appearance. Eighteen years after you know winning an Academy Award. I guess there's no bad time for Eminem to perform, but if there is, might have been last night where you're going. Uh, okay, I think we kind of moved on. Pat got really into
5: it. At least for the some did, some did, some
2: didn't. Some were like, uh, what,
3: are, "What are we doing here?" Yes, McLovin. Yeah, there was a lot of criticism. There was too much, too many musical numbers. Yeah, a lot of criticism. Yeah. And all, yeah, Martin Scorsese had like. I well, I would not sit in the front row if they gave me tickets because you are on constant pressure to perform.
2: Well, then you had uh, Janelle Monae come out in the opening song, and then she's put the microphone in front of Brad Pitt, and, I'm, and Tom Hanks with a hat on. I'm going, oh,
4: God. Yeah, Paul. They wanted that younger demographic, so they brought in a 47-year-old white rapper to uh, spice That'll up the broadcast. That'll do it. That'll do it.
2: <laughs> but they had my girl Billie Eilish there, sang yesterday. For immemorial. Yeah, I thought it was really well
3: done. With, uh, no, Luke Perry. Time. I was disappointed in that. How's that possible? Yeah, I'd be surprised at that. Maybe to consider him more a TV actor. Um,
4: he was just in one of the nominated movies. He was in uh, the, the Hollywood movie. Once Upon a Time? He's in it. Yeah. Oh.
3: And I, I hate to do this, but every time I watch that, I wonder if he'll make the cut for. Uh,
4: if for Luke him. Perry's not there, I'm not making it. <laughs> That's a bad sign. I know. You. But you've been in a lot, probably more movies. He's been a lot more TV fan. Yeah.
2: I got a little time, though, before, I hope, before they put me up there in memoriam.
5: Yes, Todd? I hate when we talk about that stuff. Now, do they put actors slash sport, actors slash sportscaster? Does that even come up or it's strictly movie-related things? No. they put, like, producer, director? No, you don't get sports. There's no sportscaster. I know. So what would they, you want to see that? Just straight actor, or is there anything else that they can kind of attach to that?
1: Just I, bleep an actor. And what role do you want them to show? You know how they'll show, like, your face and then a little clip of you acting? Oh, the, water, the water
3: slide role is really <laughs> yeah. Very, very 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 emotional. Good. Yeah, Larry Bird. Yeah.
4: When he yeah. up as Larry Bird the, for the, Halloween. Climbing a rope, yeah.
3: you got to go Hawaiian shirt.
4: Yeah, Big I, would, country.
2: I would think so. I look pretty good. No, you put Anderson Kidman next uh, to me. That's now, now all of a sudden, people go, oh, my gosh, he was a big-time actor.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, I missed
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I thought he, I thought he was... <laughs> Just a sportscaster talking hairdo. Yeah, McLovin.
3: Do you think the Danettes make it for our role walking across the parking lot in the week of?
2: I'm going to say no, yeah. but you might get it for That's My Boy as the camera crew. I think that that might be, that might be your seminal moment there. That's our best work.
5: It sure. was.
3: Yeah. Well, wow. me, they
5: cut me out of that uh, little yeah. speed. Yes.
3: And there's a reason you got punished.
5: I did get punished. Yeah. You remember the line, Robert
3: Smigel, the famous comedy director said to us, "Boys, you're going to kill it." <laughs> <laughs> <Walking around. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was the line of the year. All
2: righty, uh, let's come up with a poll question. What's your Oscar poll question? Oh, are you okay with no host? Yes or no? Would you like to see a host? I would like to see a host. Yeah, me too. I kind hey, of—I I don't know what to expect. Just have Jimmy Kimmel do it. It's ABC. Let Kimmel do it. I'm fine with that. Yes, he. Why? I, I just like a center there. Because you had people who, it felt like they were trying to cram in people. You had a person who was introducing a person who was then introducing a category. I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. Just Jimmy Kimmel, whoever you want to put in there,
1: just like you have a center there. But the host is a person introducing a person to introduce a category. It's yeah, the but, exact same thing. Yeah, but he's walkers. but
2: it's the one person. Now I got uh, you know Beanie Silverstein or whatever her name is Feldstein. Feldstein that she's out there to introduce Mindy Kalin, <laughs> or Kaling or to then introduce I do not I don't I don't need that. Plus, I'd like a little bit more humor on there. I'd like a little bit more connecting the dots there.
1: This is not the time for
2: humor. Yes, it
3: is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we need humor now. That's another thing that uh, 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 Chris Rock said where they're talking about, uh, why don't we have a host anymore? (laughs) Twitter.
4: (laughs) 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 Yes, boy. So the host is kind of like, it's like Kaiser Associates. There's no actual host. We don't know who the host is. They weren't hosting the show because they weren't announced as host, but they came out for the opener and roasted everybody, which is what the hosts do. But you didn't have them announced as a host. Week, weeks ago, so you couldn't dig up something on them and have them fire from the role. If they want to do that where they surprise
2: you as to who's the host, then that's that's fine. I mean, And all of a sudden,
3: James Gordon. Okay. Yeah, McLovin. Do you think uh, Ricky Gervais' outburst at the Golden Globes oh, makes him nervous?
2: Oh, no, he's not.
3: He's no, not. No, it, no, but no, but
2: Ricky Gervais goes there with that in mind, and they know that that's, that's what that Golden Globes is all about.
3: But he pushed it so far this year. Well,
2: I think he's trying to do it so they don't have him back. Like, he keeps going, damn, I they're they cold again? <sighs> all right, I'll give him something. They'll remember this. They won't have me back after this. Chris Rock would have been great. Even if you said Chris Rock and Steve Martin and kind of going back and forth, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, Steve. Steve Martin, underappreciated.
1: Yep. It's yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. You don't think of him as one of the greats necessarily, but then all of a sudden you see him in front of you and you're like, oh, damn, that's right, this dude's hilarious.
2: Very talented. Very, 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 very talented. Uh, and Spanish prisoner. You get a chance to watch that movie. You can see something different with Steve Martin. He's really, really good in that movie.
4: Yes, Paulie. But Chris Rock, he knows that I can go in and get five minutes of just taking down people and yeah. get out. Yeah. I don't have to stay for the fallout. I don't have to do interviews. He's gone. Yeah, that was a smart move by Rock.
2: Yeah, but you know, he's, you're going to get paid to host. That's different. If you do a cameo, you're not getting paid to do that. But it made me want, you know, Chris Rock up there again. Uh, just somebody – I like that. I like that somebody is hosting and then their interpretation of what's going on. Yes, Todd?
5: then You have elements where it feels like they're right in the middle of the show. They're trying out to be next year's host. Like Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig, they had some funny moments. But while I'm watching it, I'm like, are they, is this like a tryout, hoping that they'll get a shot at hosting next year if they ever get back to – Well, they're trying host- to
2: get movie roles. They were saying that. There's a lot of directors out there. I thought it was funny. I thought it was okay. But it just felt like it was. this was more music and performance than anything else.
3: What other poll questions do we have? All right. Uh, I have actually, this is totally out of left field. I have an out of left field baseball question. No, and an out say of, that then. And an out of left field NBA, quick NBA question. Okay. Just, it's very simple. Is this Rockets thing possibly going to work? Because <laughs> I watched them um, beat the Lakers. I'm like, oh, yeah, we have a new revolution in the NBA. Small ball is here. And then they lost their next two games. I know. We'll talk to
2: Reggie Miller about this a little later on.
3: Are you in? Are you, uh, you, You're You? fascinated with Harden. So I, I
2: thought you might like this. I'm fascinated with the Rockets. But I can be fascinated with them like I, I am with Jameis Winston. Like, there's this. I have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. And then there'll be moments where you go, uh-oh. They're going to be really tough to deal with. Certain teams are built for the regular season. certain teams are built for the for the postseason. You see this where they're just a matchup nightmare for somebody. But then if I prepare for you for a seven game series, now all of a sudden all of my efforts are kind of cobbled together for us to shut you down. So when you get to be a little more gimmicky, unless you're Golden State and you got you know three of the greatest players, three of the greatest shooters of all time, you know, that gimmick usually goes away. It comes down to half-court offense and defense, not gimmicks. Yeah, McLovin.
3: But then our friend Daryl Morey just says the word analytics. No. And then it's like, wait, oh, we don't understand. You know, he comes off as we're so smart that you can't quite grasp okay,
2: it. Okay, where were the analytics when they signed Clint Capella? That's what I want to know. Because they spent all that money with Clint Capella, and now all of a sudden they go, you know, the analytics show, we need to get somebody who's six seven or shorter. Yeah,
3: I'm it's like when the Warriors got D'Angelo Russell and Steve Kerr's like, yeah, we can make this player fit. And then he came out the other day and said this was a bad fit from the start.
2: I was thinking of a T-shirt last night where the Rockets, you know, when you go to Disney World and you have to be this tall to ride a ride, like you must be this height or shorter to be a Houston Rocket. Can you shoot threes? Yes. How tall are you? Six, six and a half. Come on down. Can you shoot threes? Yes. How tall are you? Six, seven and a half. Mm. In shoes or in bare feet? Yeah, we can't take you. You're too tall. Yeah, Paul. Anti defense? Come on down. Yes. I'll sign up for that. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. McLovin has a baseball related question, poll question. I think I know where we're going with this. Project Codebreaker. Codebreaker. Sounds like a movie. Codebreaker. Uh,. And I was thinking, you know, I have a friend who works at uh, Full Sail University, Gus Ramsey. He's the program director. He said maybe we come out with an Astros movie and we call it uh, Bang the Drum Slowly. That was a movie with De Niro, Bang the Drum. All right, I'll tell Gus to keep those things to himself. Yes, uh, pretty.
5: What about Zero Dark 82? They also had something called Dark Arts. That some of the stuff they were doing. That,
2: that one, you just made mine better. I did. Okay, there
5: you go. I that, yes, McClellan. It can be directed by
3: Gus Van Kant. That's not
2: good either. <laughs> My bad. Should have taken a break. <laughs> we'll do that right now. Play of the Day is up next. Dan Patrick Show.
5: Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcast1.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show.
0: Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. Oh my god. The play, the, play, the play of the day. Right and left right now. They're going to play
2: it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check
4: this
0: out. Jones with three. With two for the win. No, tapped up by Moore. And in with the booster. Moore, big kid in. And the blue down. praise. And it's a Duke Blue kind
3: of night
2: at Chapel Hill. That's courtesy of Learfield IMG College, a little uh, Carolina Blues, Blues traveler. Duke beats North Carolina, and uh, number 17 in the country will host Florida State. Coming up tonight, Trey Jones led all scorers with 28 points. There's some shaky officiating in this game, certainly uh, in overtime, one of the overtimes. But, um, you know, I thought it was kind of, Sporadic. It was inconsistent the entire game for both teams there. Play of the day is brought to you by Tacova's. Listen up, guys. Tacova's boots are handmade, full grain leathers, world class bootmakers. They are special looking. Tacova's cuts out the middleman, sells directly to you at amazing prices. Shipping and returns and exchanges are free and easy. Visit Tacova's T E C O V A S dot com slash D P. Tacova's Western Goods for New Frontiers. Yeah, watching that game. And I don't think either one of these teams is very good. I mean, Duke is the number seven team in the country. North Carolina's had one of their worst years in recent memory. But that rivalry, it was still a special game. I tuned in in overtime. I'd forgotten all about it. Because I you know, I was watching the Bob Knight tribute at halftime, the Indiana game. And then I went to do something else, and all of a sudden I I went back and all of a sudden I'm doing a drive by and I go. Oh, wow, on oh, the show in highlight. Oh, no, that's in overtime. And then, of course, I stayed to watch that and a dramatic finish there. We have, right now, had seven different schools be ranked number one in the uh, in the country in college basketball. That's tied for most all-time in a single season. Michigan State, Kentucky, Duke, Louisville, Kansas, Gonzaga, and now Baylor. Back in 1982, you had seven teams. So this year was seven teams. Still got a little time left here if uh, Baylor is going to be uh, taken down by somebody. Yeah, McLemore.
3: You said Duke's not very good, but I feel like in this year, like if this feels like a Duke year because there's no other good team. Today at least Duke has stars like Trey Jones, I know.
2: Well, and, and Kerry is is great.
3: Yeah. It feels like at times he's unstoppable. It feels like Duke's the only team I've recognized this year. And I don't even just because they're Duke. North Carolina, how did North Carolina get terrible at basketball? They're 10 and 13. Yeah, I know. I don't know.
2: Ask ask Roy. Yes, Todd.
5: Does that make you more pumped about March Madness, or do you miss having you know, those couple of dominant teams that you either love or hate going into uh, next month? Well,
2: I want to watch a team that I at least know, and you have some players. Like, who's the best player in college basketball this year? Normally, that's not a big debate. Or if it is a debate, because you have a couple of guys who are going to be great when they get to the NBA, I'm going, all right, I mean, I watched Arizona against UCLA. That was Arizona was horrible. I mean, I'll give UCLA credit, but uh, uh, terrible. Isn't that your guy, Nico Mannion? Nico Mannion was like two for 14. <laughs> and you're playing at home.
4: And they get blown out by UCLA. I don't Yeah, Paul. I'm not sure this affects the March, March Madness at all. I think we all go to March Madness like with a clean slate. We learn about them. We get the crash course from the announcers. We learn about Weber State and Northern Iowa. Yeah, but March Madness isn't about people like me who
2: follow the sport. Right. It's about those who don't follow the sport who want to have something to do for a couple of weeks, and you get to gamble. That's all. You fill out your brackets, and you get to tell people how much you know. And usually the people who don't know anything do really well in those brackets. Yes, we love it.
3: I mean, last year was Virginia – Auburn, Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech. The Final Four is even watered down. Yeah. Where are the Blue Bloods? I know. I think. I know,
2: don't college know. basketball has been about coaching. Since the one and done, it's really, the constant is, you know who the coaches are. You know, Tom Izzo. You know, know Jim Boeheim. You know, Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, you just get used to those same teams, those names. Players change. Coaches stay the same. Yeah, Todd.
5: They had a March Madness preview show on CBS over the weekend, and that gave me that feel of, like, <laughs> that team is number two, or like yeah, San Diego State this, or they, they were doing matchups in regions and everything, and I still couldn't get too excited about it because i just, like, I'm not familiar enough yet with any of these schools.
2: Is San Diego State still undefeated? Now, they, they don't play a great schedule, but they might they might go through the regular season undefeated. <laughs> How many teams can you say that about in, you know, recent history? Not many, not
3: many. But I think there's. Are they still undefeated, McLevin? I see them as still undefeated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bay- Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, San Diego State, top four. Okay. San Diego State is second in the in the country.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul. It was funny. They're promoting Duke versus North Carolina as they do every year. They're over hyping that game while we're hyping. And right before the game tipped off, people were like, This is not the year to overhype this game. You know, North Carolina's no good. This is not going to be a good one. There's a lot of people, and then it, it bit them because it, it was a classic.
2: Why do we have to hype North Carolina Duke if it's a game that needs no hyping?
4: Well, yeah,
2: you're exactly right. But there are so many promos for it. Like,
4: it's always something.
2: I was watching the red carpet last night, and a woman was interv- interviewing Brad Pitt, and she said, A man who needs no introduction. Here's Brad Pitt. And you just introduced him. He needs no introduction. I mean, I I don't mean to critique the red carpet. It would be good. It it might be a better broadcast if they had people who knew how to ask questions. That's all. Oh, like someone maybe 6'3", you could see around the crowd. Somebody who's watched all the movies. Somebody who's an actor. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to help out. Fellow actor. Hey, hey Brad, come on. Guy who needs no introduction. Hey, Brad, come on here. Uh, You know, I was thinking, you know. Just when you took off your shirt. Now, I've done that before in a movie role.
1: Do you remember that time I had a bat in the cave, Brad? You, okay. Do
2: you remember when I had a booger in my nose when I came up to you at a Laker game? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that was you. And I couldn't see your face from the booger. Oh, Sorry, Brad. Podcast One has
0: some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free.